Another Way to Play, episode 108. Money doesn't buy happiness. It really doesn't. It helps like you hear the joke, but it's true until I really figured out, you know, what my happiness is, where my peace is at. And that was a long road, man. And that's why, again, that's why I'm a coach now to help people bypass 30 years of misery or 20 years of misery so they can jump right in. Hey everybody, it's Mike Bjorkman, top real estate coach, speaker, and entrepreneur. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Struzina, Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. This is Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. And if you've been listening for a while, you might notice that we sound just a little bit different. And that's because we are taking the show in a touch of a different direction. Still going to be a very similar format, but we're going to focus in on mindset. I'm going to be bringing some really fantastic people on the show to talk about their mindset. And today's person is Mike Bjorkman. He's a top real estate coach, real estate agent, property manager, speaker, and entrepreneur, and has a lot to share with us. He has been in the real estate profession for a number of years, almost 30 at this point, sold thousands and thousands of homes, manages 600 units uh, through his rental company, and coaches some of the nation's top agents. So really have a lot of value to bring today. Um, And we do talk specifically around mindset. One thing that you're definitely going to want to listen to is towards the end of the episode, he talks about the seven F's and how he would teach that to every kid in America and uh, what that means for a balanced day and how that makes him bulletproof and so super positive, which I found to be super, super interesting. Also, we're going to talk about how he kind of had a rich dad, poor dad experience, specifically his dad being the poor dad and then some of his neighbors, some of his friends being the rich dad and how that got him on the path of real estate and ultimately got him to kind of straighten out his life because he was, sounds like he was a little bit of a party guy in the early days. So, and if you do get value out of this, guys, please head over to iTunes, leave it a written rating and review, helps me grow the show and gain some critical feedback about the new format as well as get it out to a few more people. So thanks so much in advance for that. Really appreciate it. And without any further ado, let's bring him in. Here's my interview with Mike Bjorkman. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Really appreciate you joining us today. Man, it's an honor to be here and I appreciate you uh, letting me come on your shows. I can't wait to dig in with you. You know, your podcast is, uh, is quite the mindset differential in our marketplace. And I hope I can add some value, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. 
Well, yeah, anyone who Zach Benson recommends is a is a good referral, in my opinion, because uh, that's how we got connected, and I'm really excited to dig in with you. So, give us a little bit of a teaser. What are you What are you doing now? And then, as as the normal format goes, we'll we'll roll it back and talk about how you got there. But what are you working on now? What's the big thing? Well, I divide my life in a couple different sectors. I'm a real estate agent, like yourself. I run a team in Los Angeles, California, more specifically Santa Clarita, where Six Flags Magic Mountain is. I run about 12, anywhere from 12 to 20 agents at one time, do a couple hundred transactions a year. I manage 600 properties. I own a company called California Leasing. I coach real estate agents all over the country. As a matter of fact, some of the top real estate agents in the nation are my clients. And I speak on stage and just kind of live my true passion as much as I can by training entrepreneurs and real estate agents and investors. And you know, I've been in the business so long, I try to help them skip and bypass all the heartache and headache that I had to go through and just give them all the, all the silver bullets and the golden nuggets right up front so they can just launch to the top right away. Well, Mike, speaking of heartache and all of that stuff, I mean, it takes a long time to get good or proficient at anything as we know. And I'm sure you had a lot to bring on your journey here. So let's back up and talk about where your journey really began. All right. You know, your typical party guy in high school, teacher's worst nightmare, talkative, you know, real social, high eye, super expressive dude, hated school, never, never could figure out why school was even invented. Um, I barely made it out of high school. I came from a family of nothing financially, great love, loving environment, but we just had no money. And all the kids around me, I started noticing had money. I graduated high school, didn't go to college, and, and I just kept asking smart entrepreneurial people, you know, I want to make more money than a doctor or lawyer. What should I do? And they said, real estate, duh. And I, I was lucky enough to have a couple realtor parents around some of my friends, and I got to network a little bit with them, and they gave me some guidance. And so I graduated high school, and a year later, I was at Remax selling homes, man. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you went, you went straight into it. You didn't do college or any of that other stuff. Yeah, I was an optician at LensCrafters. I worked six years as an optician making eyeglasses from the time I was 14 and a half. And the LensCrafters headhunted me and opened our mall. And I all of a sudden, I was thrown into this corporate nightmare being a lab manager. And I, and I found out really quick that that was, you know, technology was changing. They didn't need me. And I found out corporate America wasn't for me. So I was desperate to find something that didn't make me work till nine o'clock on a Saturday night at a 19 year, as a 19 year old kid. So I made the dive, you know, and I had one choice, swim or sink. Yeah, there you go. So in those moments, especially at such a young age, I imagine there's, there's a lot that can go through your head, especially a house, right? Like you can get into any kind of sales, of course, as a 19 year old, but I imagine there's a mindset around, is someone really going to trust me to make hundreds of thousands or million dollar investment in a property at 19 years old? Like how did you overcome some of that stuff when you first got into the business? Dude, that is such an amazing question. And I, and I tell the story all the time. So like I said, I was a party guy in high school. I was out at every party every weekend. And, you know, I was just an idiot. And I wasn't real sensible. And when I told people in my sphere of influence that I was getting a real estate license, they laughed at me. And 
you know, when you get into real estate, especially back then when before we had internet, you'd have to cold call people and call your sphere of influence. And they all just said, Mike, you know, you're a great guy, but you know nothing. You're 19 and you're a ding dong. So, you know, I apologize, but we're never going to use you. So my entire life of growing up in one town, not one person trusted me enough to sell their home. So I had to go after complete and total strangers from scratch. That was wild. Wow. And uh, was that like a wake up call to you at the same time? And, and did you sort of like take your life in a different direction in that moment? Or did it take a while to, for that to sink in and the power of a network? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it actually it changed my life a lot because I was like, look, man, you got to get a suit. You got to get a nice car. You got to start acting like an adult instead of a teenager and, you know, really start taking life seriously because I knew without a shadow of a doubt that nobody was going to do it for me at that point. I was just, it was, it was a slap in the face. I was like, Oh man, it's me or nothing. You know, I'll be working at McDonald's the rest of my life if I don't figure this out quick. So it scared me so bad that it scared me straight into, you know, being a little more responsible. And, you know, I, I found life balance really quick and, you know, it, it was just an amazing bunch of events that, you know, made me realize what it took to become a successful business person. It was fun. It was fun. It was a lot of hard work. It was scary, but it was it was fun at the same time. And it's interesting that you sort of leaned in on like basically betting on yourself as opposed to, oh crap, I need to get take myself seriously. I need to get a real job, which is where I think a lot of people's heads go. And then they go sign up for a salary in, a, in an office and a nine to five kind of engagement. But you went in a different direction. Is there some influence or some reason that you just decided, Hey, I'm, I need to figure out business for myself. Was it the optometry lab environment that just pushed you in the other direction? Or was there something else there? I think it was, you know, since I was a little kid, I always was jealous of my friends that had better bicycles, better big wheels, better cars. And I just, I just got sick and tired of not having anything. You know, all my friends would go snow skiing, water skiing, and we could never afford to do any of that stuff. So at one point I just, you know, I remember being very little working, you know, I was mowing six lawns on a Saturday. I'd go Sunday to work at the swap meet. I'd climb oak trees 50 feet in the air to gather uh, mistletoe and sell at the drugstore out in front. And I just, I was always a little hustler. I just didn't realize what I was doing. I always had a little entrepreneurial spirit because I was so desperate to fit in with the rest of the people. I had the smallest house in the biggest neighborhood, you know what I mean? And they built really nice houses all around. So I started growing up with what was in my mind, rich people. They had two-story homes, they had pools, they had Mercedes. And I was like, holy crap, how do I get me some of this, right? So, but then as soon as I hit that corporate world, which was worse than working for a small mom and pop shop, I was like, uh-oh, everything I've always heard, uh-uh, I can't be told what to do. Because I can do everything seemingly in my mind at 19 better than anybody else can come up with, right? So I just had to get on my own. And I just said, you said, believe in yourself. And I just said, look, you are awesome. You have to figure this out. And if you don't, you're going to be miserable the rest of your life. And, you know, rich dad, poor dad was my real scenario. I did have the rich dads and I had my poor dad. And I love my poor dad, but I watched my rich dads and I said, I want what my rich dads have. It was very hard at 19, but I strived to learn that quickly and I was able to, and I took my business very, very seriously. And my ego was so entrenched in that. And I think what drove me in the beginning was make sure my friends see me successful. 
make sure I have a better car than theirs. You know, at 19, 20, that's all you care about, right? You don't care about friends. I mean, you care a lot about your friends, but you don't care about family. You don't care about your health. You just, you just, you have something clicks in your mind and that's what motivates you. And honestly, money at the time motivated me because I loved doing fun things with fun people. And I never could afford to do that growing up. I think that's an interesting thing to to dig in on for a second, because a lot of the times I see on Instagram and podcasts on YouTube, entrepreneurs or, or people out there saying you need to find your why, right? And it's something like I need to serve some bigger purpose, or I need to go donate a bazillion dollars to some charity, right? And like those sound really nice on paper, but then it, is that really the thing that's going to drive you at the end of the day, especially if you're just trying to make your first buck? I've always sort of batted that one back and forth because I, like you, I was money motivated when I first got into real estate and wanted to get to that six figure level as quickly as possible and all of that. So it sounds like you had this sort of intrinsic motivation that maybe has transitioned to something else later. And I guess I wanted to ask you for the sake of the audience, like, do you think it's bad to have like the desire of the shiny thing or the car or whatever to drive you to get going? I don't think it is. And I'm glad you segued this way because it's opening my eyes to something. So basically almost 30 years later, after I started my entrepreneurial life, I was very blessed to see Dean Grossiosi in person at War Room, right? The, the ultimate mastermind for info marketers, digital marketers. And he flew in and I instantly fell in love with his presence and I started following him. And he taught us who, which I found out later, Joe Stump, the, you know, the master of sales in real estate, taught him that there's a seven levels of finding your why. And if you Google it, you can find it. But I took that exercise at the time I was running my own brokerage with 300 agents and I was doing some training and I took that exercise myself and it brought me to tears because nobody could ever tell me how to find my why. And I actually found my why, right? So it'll say, you know, what is your why? Why do you want to have all this money? Well, cause I want to have a yacht. Why? Because of this, why? And you go down the seven levels and at the end of the day, what I found out about myself, my true why was, I never wanted anybody to suffer like I did growing up. And I wanted more than anything to be able to take care of my friends and family financially so they never had to feel the pain that I did. And I always wanted my mom specifically to experience living a luxury lifestyle. So it took me almost 30 years to figure out my why. But because of Dean's exercise, I was able to find out. And it was a life-changing, life-altering experience that absolutely blew my mind. And I've had more success taking people down that same path over the last maybe three to four years and changed so many other lives because of one little thing I Googled. And it was just spectacular to, to really, you know, why is so cliche now, but now I can say it's not. It's really real. And so you experience the tears and the joy and the absolute horror of going through that exercise yourself you don't understand so thank you for bringing that up yeah man that's that's awesome i appreciate you talking about that because it's it is something to explore for yourself i mean there's a certain point when you just got to hustle and probably make rent and make your payments and all that sort of thing but at a certain point hopefully anyone listening to this gets to the level where it's like okay what else is there and i hope you find that really quickly and then that's when you start got to start asking those why questions and get deep because at a certain point, I, what's the saying? It's like 
75 grand or hundred grand or whatever. And then you like brings you increased happiness. And then there's a point at which on an income scale, you get diminished returns if it's just monetary value, right? Like your needs are covered, your food, your housing, et cetera. So you, you absolutely have to, to find something else to drive you other than just making some more money. That's a good point too. And I'm glad you said that because ever since, you know, I think it was 2000, the year 2000, I've made well over a million dollars a year since then. And I found that out. Money doesn't buy happiness. It really doesn't. It helps like you hear the joke, but it's true until, you know, I lived the last 10 years at least just going, you know, at least 15 years going, what am I, what's my purpose in life? What, what am I doing? What I'm not passionate about anything. I like going to the beach. I like going on cruises. I like going to Cabo. I like going to Vegas, but I don't really love anything. I didn't have a hobby and I, and I couldn't really ever be at peace with myself until I really figured out you know, what my happiness is, where my peace is at. And that was a long road, man. And that's why, again, that's why I'm a coach now to help people bypass 30 years of misery or 20 years of misery so they can jump right in. So it's pretty amazing. So let's bring this forward just a little bit. You've built this pretty amazing business. You you now coach and, and are help using that as a way to pursue your why to help other people not experience the pain that you experienced as a young person. When you're talking to somebody, like we said, there's a point at which you just have to hustle and bang on some doors or make some cold calls or do whatever you got to do to bring some income in, but then you get some traction and you get moving and and, and then you got to go explore your why. Like at what point do you usually tell people or have this conversation with people around like start thinking about investing? Cause we talked about real estate investing. You, you have the property management company, you know, hold off on the nice shiny thing, like hold off on a, a personal expenditure and, and put it back into your business or go buy a property or stock or whatever. Like how do you start to wrap your head around that for the people who are starting to get to that success and starting to then ask themselves those why questions? It's day one when I start working with somebody. I don't care if they're 15 years old or 85 years old. It doesn't matter. What I've learned over this journey is mindset is everything. And you can't have the proper mindset without the proper balance. So day one, I do an exercise. If I was going to coach you, Hans, I'd sit you down and say, let's go over the seven Fs. How's your faith? How's your family on a scale of one to 10, right? How's your relationship with your friends? Then we jump right into fitness, then finance, then future business, and then fun, right? So you hear in what you asked about is right in there, future business, not today's business, but future business, because we all need to be very diversified, and then finances. So finances includes starting immediately to start thinking about rental property, whether it's multifamily, single property, development, storage units, something that's, I'm a real estate guy, you know, or could be annuities or stock or whatever, life insurance plan, something. But we got to work on our finances and we got to work on our future business. And I don't care if you're 15 years old, if you work diligently on all seven Fs and guess what? We have seven days of the week, so you can pick one every day. Go to church on Sunday, right? And then see your family on Monday and and work on your finances Tuesday. And, and, and I get people to get a chart and I have them write that down. Pick one thing a day for the first month, every day. One of the seven Fs. And then the next month you do two, because let's be real. Family could be a hike, which is fitness. Family could be fun. Family, I mean, F, family's family. So you can start multitasking at the same time. And when you start to have life balance, you can actually work clearer, work harder, be more productive. 
Because what I learned from was the school of hard knocks. I worked 14, 20 hours a day, never slept, had graveyard jobs through that. And my life was so out of balance that I never could propel forward until I started getting coaching myself and learning how to take a day off, learning how to delegate, learning how to use technology, you know, basically leveraging people, time and money. Until I learned those things, I was a miserable wreck. And I still see clients and friends to this day, they'll do 12, 14 hour days and they're never satisfied. They're never happy. They never have money. They never have relationships. They never have fitness. They never have anything. Their, their life is crumbling because they just don't have somebody to help them realize what they need to be successful. Thank you for bringing that up because I find, I mean, frankly, my in my own life, I find the balance thing very, very challenging because I, anyone who's been listening to the show for a while knows that I you know, went to the Olympics for rowing. And so I've got this like total drive towards a goal um, in my life. And, you know, I've been for the last handful of years really trying to drive towards success in the real estate space. And now I'm starting to see some of that. And I'm like, tell my wife all the time. I'm like, I got to go show another property. got to go to another appointment. I'm like, be careful what you wish for because you might get it and you might get it in spades. But then the one area of the spoke of the wheel, for example, is really big and robust, but then you don't, you're not sleeping well, you're not spending as much time with your, your significant other, your kids or whatever the case is, like, you know, it's going to be a real lopsided engagement and you're not, to your point, really going to be moving forward because something is going to be anchoring you back. And, you know, there are moments in life where there isn't balance and we can all probably agree to that, but to, to really have a plan to come back into balance, I'm assuming is, is something that you work with as well with your, with your clients. Yeah, every day, every morning, every afternoon, and every night, you have to give yourself a check on your balance. You know, did you do what you say you were going to do? And if not, you're going to do twice as much of it tomorrow. And you just got to keep that balance up. You know, I was coaching a guy yesterday, and I hadn't talked to him for two weeks. And I said, you know, one of the biggest things that making you miserable right now is you have no male friends or, or girlfriends for that matter. You have no friends. You have a wife. She's beautiful, wonderful, so supportive and a kid. But you don't have any release as a friend. Like if all you did every day was spend the time with your spouse and family, you would go nuts, right? Friend is a totally different release. Friend is a different conversation. Friend is a different trust level. Friend, friend, friend. So I'm like, you're so miserable and grumpy. And we figured this out by going through my exercises and we found out. And I said, did you call your five friends? And I told, oh, I said, just have five conversations with five of your friends. I don't care how far back up they go. And he goes, no, I didn't do it. And I said, you're a miserable piece of crap. So right? he goes, yep. I said, all right, now you're calling 10 friends over the next two weeks. And we're going to try to get this balance back. Right. And, and there's other things obviously wrong in this person's life, but every little piece makes a difference. It's that spoke, that wheel, like you told about, you take one sliver out, it doesn't roll until all that's ready, it doesn't roll. And there's, there's tons of other things that come with that with mindset. That's my first exercise. You know, that's where I really start to work with people. That's awesome. Thinking about the coaching thing, I'm a huge proponent of coaches, of advisors, of mentors, whatever you want to call it, whatever the engagement is to help, like you said, sort of bypass some of those issues. But let's say somebody is struggling to sort of understand this concept and say, well, you know, I sh it's my life. I should just go through it and I should figure it out. Like when you as a coach and just as someone who's gone through multiple engagements of this, like how do you engage with somebody who is, who's struggling with just even the concept of getting help in the first place? Because I think we all feel this sort of thing, but then it's another thing to actually act on it and, and do something and raise your hand on it. 
Another great question, man. You're a great interviewer. So I'll give you a good <laughs> example. You. I try to use stories to help people learn. So this past weekend, I took several days off and I took the motorhome up to Paso Robles wine tasting. We happened to go with another couple that's a very dear friend of ours. He's in his mid-30s and he's got a baby and he has this corporate job that he hates. He just hates it. And he keeps applying for jobs and he keeps kind of looking around and, and talking to me, you know, and he, you know, he lets his guard down a little bit. And, and finally, we just had enough wine to where I was like, look, dude, you need help. Like, if you're looking to work at this company, I know the president of that company. Let me make a call. Oh, no, no. I have to do everything by myself. I said, dude, you're never going to get ahead in life without help, whether that's a connection, whether that's a coach, whether that's a mentor, a leader, a trainer. So coaching, you can call it whatever you want. You can just say, I need a mentor. Everybody needs to hang out with people smarter than them, right? So just a coach. That's all you need. Like if I had me when I was 19, I would have owned an island by the time I was 25 and I would never be on this podcast right now. I'd be so sunburned and I'd probably speak another language by now. But the reality is once I did figure out that I needed help, whether that's Tony Robbins, whether that's, you know, Jim Rohn or, you know, John Maxwell, people that really can help you business wise and mindset wise, there's literally thousands and thousands of coaches and books out there. And I know the info marketing space and I know how legitimate a lot of this stuff is, you know, and it's crazy how, well, let's just talk about a real estate agent, right? A real estate agent's perfect schedule. And I've sold a hundred homes a year since 1996 or more, right? So you wake up every day and it's an hour a day of skill set. period. You got to know, master your craft, right? Then an hour a day of self-help. You have to be able to deal with entrepreneurial life or real estate. Being a real estate agent, people beat the crap out of you all day. You're, you're on this roller coaster emotionally. You get a deal in escrow. One falls apart. One client fires you. Three hire you. You're just like you're a mental disaster. So with that self-help, it keeps you going. Then there's two hours a day of prospecting. I don't care what sales business you're in. If you don't prospect two hours a day, you're not getting there. Then you have two hours a day of more mastery in my, in my market. It's previewing property, right? In our, in our industry, you have to know your industry. You have to know your market. You have to know your inventory better than your clients, right? Then an hour a day of follow-up and then appointments, right? So that's a, that's a real day. If you talk to 50 people a day in real estate, you're going to sell 100 homes. If you talk to 50, 25, you're going to sell 50. This is time proven and tested over and over and over. But if you don't take the time to have that schedule for your mindset and coaching, you can't get through the day. And by the time Friday or Saturday comes along, you're dead. But when you've had inspirational love just beat into your mind, body, and soul every morning, nobody can bring you down. You're pouring out the world's most powerful energy all over to everybody you talk to. People just can't stand not being near you or being attracted to you, and people will follow you. And more, more importantly, people will trust you to do business with you. And that's where it's all at, man. So I know I'm throwing a lot of information in a little podcast, but you know, or a short podcast, I should say, but that's, there's so much to it as far as, you know, like what you like to say, mindset that really helps us grow fast and diligently and, and be the most productive people that we can be. And just, we're just vibrating all over the place, happiness and success. And that's what people want to do business with. Man, I love that. And we're, I want to respect the rest of your day and, and we're getting towards the end of the time. But I do have one question before we get to the last segment of the show, which is if you could write a uh, course of curriculum for one semester for every kid in America had to take, 
what would it, what would the topic be? And then what age would they be taking it at? They would start as soon as they were able to, you know, leave the house without parent supervision, whatever that is. For me, it was probably around 11 or 12 years old. And it would be that life balance, right? The seven F's because you can't screw that up. You have perfect balance. You have your friend, your family, your faith, I should say, then your family, your friends, your fitness, future business, finances, and fun. There's only one other F that we can't talk about on this podcast to make life complete. And let's be real. If you practice all those things, your life is perfect. There's nothing that could go wrong if that's what you practice every day. Nothing. You will get through every hurdle that the world throws at you because you're so balanced and ready for action at any time. It doesn't matter. I could teach a 12 year old kid to do what I did, mow lawns, save money, you know, sell mistletoe in the front of the drugstore, like all those things at 12. I was perfectly capable of working at the swap meet. I sold plastic hangers, you know, that's how old I was. I rode my bike in the snow, in the rain. I did it all, right? <laughs> so what your parents told you was true because that's, that's how I survived. If I wanted candy, if I wanted to go to the movies, that's what I did. So thankful I had that entrepreneurial spirit. Right on. Well, Mike, this has been awesome. Um, I am going to transition us to the last section of the show called the Focus Five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? Let's do it. You already talked about a book, but what is the one book that you've gifted most often? The Secret. Awesome book. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Probably be my dad who passed away and I'd want to ask all the questions of why his life was what it was and why didn't he make it better for himself. What is one thing that you believe that most people would disagree with you on? What most people disagree with me on is they say, how in the hell could you be happy all the time and never negative? And they just don't believe that my life is that good. <laughs> and and that goes back to your balance thing, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. Among other things. But yeah, give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you like to start your day? How I love to start my day is I wake up somewhere about 4.30. I do my affirmations. I try like heck to not touch my phone. Like the secret says, before my feet hit the ground, I'm very appreciative of what I have. Sometime around five o'clock, I would, at my perfect day, and it happens three or four days a week, is I jump on the Peloton or I'll take my dogs for a hike, you know, do something productive fitness wise and pop in a good podcast like yours or book. And then by about six, 630, I'm talking to my East Coast clients. And somewhere around this time of the day, I've had four or five appointments and I'm winding it down and I'm going to go do something fun. That's kind of how the routine looks. I work awesome. about, I work three or four days a week, try to take a, you know, a three or four day vacation every week or every other week. And it's kind of the drill. That's awesome. What is the best place online that we can connect with you? Well, probably just my normal real estate website or actually Facebook is really the best place. Mike Bjorkman, you know, I have Facebook is a really powerful tool for me. And then my, just my website is, mikebjorkman.info or teambjorkman.com. We're going to link up to all of that Facebook, the websites, all that good stuff down in the show notes, guys. Question, how many yeah. real estate agents listen to this podcast? Is it an entrepreneurial cast? Is it all real estate agents? It's a mix. There's, there's definitely a fair amount of real estate agents. 
right, well, let's drop the realestatemarketingshow.com, realestatemarketingshow.com. There's a lot of really fantastic free training on that for real estate agents and entrepreneurs alike. And then my YouTube channel, Mike Bjorkman Training. Mike Bjorkman Training is pretty good too. It's got, you know, if all you did as a real estate agent was listen to those two things, you will be rich. Right on. Well, even more value here. So we're going to drop all of that down into the show notes so you guys can connect depending on if you're in real estate or not. Um, you've, Mike's got something for you. So go check it out down in the show notes. Easy to find. Mike, man, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate your time and have a good rest of your day. Thanks, man. Anytime. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hopefully you got some value from Mike. If you want to connect with him, whether you're a real estate agent or just a general entrepreneur, he's got something for you down in the show notes. I've got everything linked up so you can check him out there as well as all of my social media. If you want to connect one-on-one is down in the show notes. And if you get value out of the show, this or any other, please head over to iTunes, leave it a rating and review because it really helps me gain critical feedback on the new direction as well as uh, helps get the show in front a few more people. So without any further ado, thanks in advance for that. We're going to sign it off. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last.